In the last several videos, we talked about the difference between the book value and the market value of a company's equity. And in this example here, I said this is some type of a financial institution. And these were its assets. And at least on its books, it you know, had a billion dollars of government bonds, $10 billion of very highly rated corporate bonds. So these are loans to corporations that are very likely to pay back, 10 billion of commercial mortgages. Those would be loans for someone to you know, buy, buy an office building or build an office building or something like that. And then we, we focus in a little bit on this piece, this green piece here, residential CDOs. And I explained what those are. Those are essentially derivative securities that are derived from mortgage-backed securities, which are just a bunch of mortgages that are packaged together. And we focused on that because this is really the crux of everything that everyone's been focusing on since the credit crunch started. Although, I'll, I'll throw it out there, this is just the first wave. This is what's deteriorated so far. Housing prices have gone down. You had all of these people with these, you know, these, these liar loans where you could make up your income and, and get a million dollar loan with no money down. So this was just the first wave. But you can imagine, if the economy gets bad enough, then a lot of these commercial mortgages are going to, uh, are going to start looking not so great either. And actually, there was an article uh, that I read this morning, where they talked about well, you know, because of all of the, all of the turmoil in the financial system, because of this piece, that the that the commercial vacancy is actually going up, and a lot of the people who owe commercial, uh, who own commercial mortgages, they're actually getting a little bit worried right now because a lot of office space is going free. But anyway, that's not the focus of this. What we should focus on now is well, fine. You know, this bank has a shady asset, and that makes it look a little uncertain as far as what its equity is worth, right? If we said this asset was worth four billion dollars, we said we have three billion of equity here, right? Because everything would have added up to uh, twenty-six billion, and then we have twenty-three billion in liabilities, and so liabilities plus equity is equal to assets, or assets minus liabilities is equal to equity. So 26 minus 23 is equal to 3. And then I gave you the example of, well, but what if the stock market is actually valuing this thing at uh, equity of $1.5 And the way you get that is you just say, well, they're saying $3 a share, and they're half a billion shares. So what if the, what if the stock market is saying, no, I think that this company's equity is only worth a billion and a half. And a, a rationale for that could be, that they just think that this asset right here is worth a billion and a half less. But anyway, I just wanted to make that point because a lot of people, you know, often get confused between book and market value. But now let's think about let's think about why this matters. Why is why is Hank Paulson and Ben Bernanke and George Bush and seemingly everyone else so scared? I mean, the, the logic goes well. If if I just have you know if this is just one bank and you know, maybe these things are worth zero. What's the problem? If these things are worth zero, this one bank declares bankruptcy, and it just gets resolved in the bankruptcy process. And I'll do another video on how the bankruptcy process works. Or there's another scenario where you say, oh, well, you know, this this one bank, maybe this isn't worth zero. Maybe this is worth four billion. And as long as people just continue to loan it money, it should be able to be fine, and it'll weather out the storm. And that's the crux of the issue, whether people will continue to loan them money. So corporate loans or, or loans to corporations or banks, they tend not to be, you know, most of the loans we're familiar with in our kind of personal lives, or maybe a mortgage where it's a fixed term, 30 years, at the end of it, you've paid all of the interest and you've completely paid off the loan. Corporate loans are, they tend to be, they tend to be, for, for simplicity purposes, interest-only loans. There might be a little bit of paying down the equity, but for the most part, they're interest-only loans. So for example, this loan A over here, 
get my pen out. This loan A, it'll have some interest rate. I don't know. Let me make something up. Maybe it's a 7% loan. And uh, maybe it's term. So this loan is for, you know, they'll, they'll give you the money for some period of time. Let's say it's for three months. Three months. Three months. So that says that whoever lend, lent this money to you, they'll give you $10 billion. Uh, every year you, you pay 7%, but on, I guess, a monthly basis, you'll pay roughly 1 12th. We know that that's not the exact math, but you'll pay some small, uh, you know, roughly 1, it's actually 7, 1.7. 07 to the 112 power, but it's roughly 112th of this. And then at the end of three months, you pay that lender back the $10 billion. And you might say, well, that's a strange way of financing yourself because every, every three months, you're going to have to go and get another loan. And, and that's absolutely true. But in a, normal, in a normal credit environment, most companies can say, OK, I'll borrow this $10 billion for three months at an annual rate of 7%. And then when Three months pass, I'll just get another loan, maybe from the same lender, maybe from another lender that has maybe similar terms, pay off the old loan and get a new loan. So they keep on, um, you could kind of say they keep on uh, uh, renewing these, those loans. They, they're able to keep, uh, keep getting new loans that can replace the old ones. What's happening now is you have this, these short-term loans, let's say three months, and then when it comes to renew, the bank or whoever lent you this money says, huh. I'm not so sure anymore because one, your stock price has been tanking, right? Your stock price has been tanking, and if and if anything, we know is that a lot of these, you know, maybe these hedge funds out there, they're doing more homework than me, the bank, or whoever, you know, the the lender is doing, or at least these ratings agencies are doing. So maybe they see something fishy. And I know that you have some type of assets. You have some of these residential. Uh, mortgage-backed securities, or you have some of these derivative assets there. And you don't really give a lot of transparency to me. In fact, se seldom you'll actually even see this much transparency on a, on a company's balance sheet. They'll often say just like a big bucket of, they'll call them level three assets. And those are assets that really the, the, the management of this bank can decide what they're worth. So if I'm the person who lent them the money, I'll be like, you know what? I saw Bear Stearns go down, and Bear Stearns look, look a lot like you. I saw... Um, I saw Lehman Brothers go down, and Lehman Brothers looks a lot or looked a lot like you look now. You know what? I just want my money back. Just pay me the $10 billion loan, and then you go out. If you're this bank, you say, OK, well, let me look find someone else. And no one's willing to lend you the money because everyone's gotten a little bit irked. So you say, simple enough. Well, why don't you just, you know, and, and you know, they, go for, they, they go for another guy for loans, and they're like, look, I'm not going to give you a loan, but here's some advice. If you really think these assets are worth enough, you, why don't you sell these assets and maybe some other assets, and then you can you can you'd, you'd be good for your money, right? You don't even need the loan. You don't you don't need to hold these assets. And so you say, fine, you know, let me take out. So what you do is when this comes due, since you can't get any other loans, let's say that you sell these, right? So you sell these AAA corporate bonds. Those are very valuable. So you get ten billion dollars for them. So if you got ten billion dollars for them, so now you have ten ten billion dollars in cash. You got $10 billion in cash, and you're able to pay off this loan. And actually, what, what I've just described, this is called deleveraging. And so actually, I, I'll probably save it to the next video on what leverage and deleverage is. But just think of it this way. Leverage is the ratio of how much assets you have over how much equity you have. 
And so if you think about it, if someone has a lot of assets, but they're controlling it with very little equity, they have huge leverage. If you're controlling $10 of assets and you only have $1 of equity, you have 10 to 1 leverage. Now I just reduced my assets, but I didn't change my equity, so I've delevered. I'll do that more in the next video, but that's fine. So I was able to cover that. I didn't have to declare bankruptcy or anything. But let's say when this loan comes due, I'm in the same situation. This person, everyone's a little scared after Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers, and they say, hey, you know what? I'm not prepared to, get, to renew this loan to you, and you go out into the credit markets, and no one else is willing to give you this loan, but you're like, okay, fine. I have these commercial mortgages, and I can sell them. They're fairly liquid securities. Liquid securities means that there's a market in them, and that you can find buyers who are willing to buy them. But let's say since you had to kind of do it in a, in a fire sale type of situation, since you had to do it very quickly, and, and everyone's a little square now, now, let's say you only get $9 billion for these, right? You, they're worth $10 billion or so you say. And then when you actually try to sell them in the market, you get $9 billion. So you get $9 billion from those. That was $9 billion. And let's say you have to sell your government bonds as well, so you get another billion. So that gives you $10 billion. And then you could pay off this guy right there. So now it's getting interesting. Notice the book value of my equity. Well, it might have changed a little bit because I had $10 billion of assets, and I had to I had to essentially write them down to nine billion because that's what I got for them. So let's let's actually recalculate our new book value. So if I'm the company, remember this four billion was what the company said it was worth. The two point five billion was what the market said it was worth. So they have four billion plus one billion. So we have five billion now in assets. And what's our liabilities? We have three billion in loans. So we have three billion of liabilities. And now the book value of our equity is now going to be two billion. And just to think about it, why did our book value of equity go from three billion to two billion? Well, because I actually I thought that these commercial mortgages were ten billion, but when I had to sell them really fast, I only got nine billion for them. So I essentially had to write down those assets and then sell them and turn them into cash. So that's why the the book value of the equity is now two billion. And now notice something here: the book value of this residential mortgage-backed security, at least what this bank management says the book value is is 4 billion. I shouldn't have crossed it out. Let me write it again. 4 billion. The 2.5 was what the market is saying. Which is larger than my total equity. So if this is worth 0, then I actually have negative equity. If this is worth 2 billion instead of 4 billion, then I have 0 equity. So now I'm getting into a, a very interesting situation, and, and I wonder what's going to happen when loan C comes due. And we'll explore that in the next video.